I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And happy Friday, everybody. I hope you had an amazing week, you all. Today's episode is so much fun because it was our first live episode that we did at South by Southwest back in, was that March? I think it was March. I don't know. Month and time does not make sense. But it was so much fun. We had a great time, a great audience. It was really cool. And I got to speak with Nadia Sang, who is the VP of Strategic Partnerships at Loaded's Open World Solutions, which is so cool. And we talk games, we talk sports. Nadia's lived a really cool life and she's just an icon. She's so cool. Um, So I hope you are in for a treat today because I know all the gems that she dropped really inspired me. So if you like games, if you like maps (laughs) i don't know what's going with that um if you are just here to be inspired and get career advice this episode for you so let's get into today oh my goodness so before we kick off the show we always do the question um what does the term a young influential mean to you oh gosh um well (laughs) literally someone should be young i don't necessarily think that means age i think that means a lot of like spirit and energy young right and I would say influential is more so like, you know, um, do you have the tools and the energy and like the gusto to like care about something enough to be able to influence how other people's think about it for better or for worse. Right. Yeah. yeah. Come on with that all American pageant answer. Oh, my God. Like, she's just <laughs> like, and this is why you should nominate me for 2023. I mean, <laughs> Hey, Miss USA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so let's rewind all the way back to childhood, Nadia. Like, <laughs> were you into gaming, media, TV? Like, where did kind of that stem from? Yeah, so always into gaming. Uh, also really into sports most of my life. But, like, gaming starts as early. I mean, I would watch my dad play Legend of Zelda on our Nintendo 64 all the time, right? I almost, like, joked that that was, like, what... <laughs> Twitch was before it is now, where I would just sit there and, like, watch my dad play, hear his commentary, but, like, being, like, three or four years old and loving it, having no idea what's happening in the game, but just loving to be a part of that culture, Um, and then that turned into me, I mean, I was playing PC games, like, there are photos of me at, like, two years old at the computer where, like... I'm like, mom and dad, did I need to be having all this content at that age? <laughs> but playing, like, you know, where in the world is Carmen San Diego and all of those types of games, and then it evolved into, like, me having and still having an addiction to The Sims. Uh, yes, I played that I, for hours. Oh, I have lost yes. years of my life to that game in a way that I'm actually a little bit 
proud of. Yeah. It's like a very formative thing in my life. So um, gaming was always a part of my life. Um, but yeah, sports is probably the other thing that was really formative, right? Like I was a diehard New York sports fan. My dad and my family's all from New York. So um, I know sports is your favorite subject. You so. know, we love it here. Go sports, <laughs> yeah. play ball. <laughs> but yeah, I would say like those two like cultures, for lack of a better term, were really influential when I was younger. Oh my God. Speaking of games, the one that had me in a chokehold was... Tony Hawk Pro Skater yes. had me in a chokehold. Yes, well, um, I do like it. That there is a really interesting conversation around how video games have extended and helped promote certain sports. Right, like I would say, Tony Hawk Pro Skater like changed a lot the way of a lot of how younger people were thinking about skateboarding right it was such a cultural moment when that game came out the music from that game right like had a chokehold on people even like fifa oh my madden gosh, yes. like all of these sports games have really um i think amplified and honestly like maybe even like collected new audiences to that sport which i think is really cool no that's so true because after i played tony hawk i bought do you remember the like finger skateboard Tech decks. yes mm-hmm. yo, they were I like banned so- from my school <laughs> so all the kids would like use the size of their desk now I like see, we used now to I do that all the time oh, yeah, i see uh, as an eight-year-old doing that you and cannot tell me mad. i was not the next tony hawk when i had that <laughs> i was like you guys i am tony hawk oh yeah i mean i remember like we actually work with journeys now a lot um current day but i'm like yeah like i bought etnies from journeys like I had to wear uniforms when I was going to school, but I had these, like, big, black, chunky, like, skate etnies. I didn't skate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I was, like, seven years old with these, thinking I was, like, hot shit. Was hot. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, speaking of which, like, um, we had to wear a uniform in my school, too, and we would all buy the spiky, um, uh, what was that? The you belts, kn- yeah, the yes. Belts. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I did not wear those at age seven uh, with my skirt that was yeah. down to my knees, my khaki skirt. Yeah, no. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my gosh! So fast forwarding, like, did you study? Like, how did you kind of continue on with that? Like, did you study that in school? Yeah. Um. Actually, like, gaming was never actually part of like when I had my vision for like my life and like where I saw myself professionally, like. Gaming was really not what I was expecting to do. When I went to college, I initially, well, I kind of thought I was going to be a sports broadcaster. Like, I really wanted to be like an Aaron Andrews. I wanted to be the Yankees, like, pregame person, like, interviewing all the players. And I really thought that was my life. And I did a handful of sports, uh, like, journalism internships. I went to UCLA. I was a communications major and, like, a film minor because um, film was also an interest of mine. Um yeah, I did a few internships and was like, oh, no, I hate... No offense <laughs> to journalism. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get it. Oh, I, I get it. It's like, I don't like writing under a deadline. Uh, if I, you know, if you want to start as, like, a sports broadcaster, you're going to, like, random cities and you're doing their local news networks and they're covering their local sports news and, like, I just didn't want to do that. No, yeah. That's how I was, too, because, like, a lot of my friends after um, journalism school, they all, like, went to random states and stuff like some even went out to LA and were like living in their car for like years months like and oh. I was just like yeah babe I'm just gonna go to marketing and I'll work my way back yeah no you <laughs> did it right um but yeah I just was like I don't think I want to leave LA and so started just like dabbling in other like I had an internship at like Lionsgate and then I interned for the Players Tribune which is Derek Jeter's like uh media company so I had like done like a ton of stuff in film and sports and was just kind of like I don't know, when I was younger, I would say even still today, the thing I optimize the most for is like optionality, right? Like what's the thing that I'm gonna do that gives me a lot of options in the future? 
And so that's how I kind of took all my internships in college. Because also going to UCLA, um, I could just like, I was 10 minutes away from a lot of the places I need mm -hmm. to be to like have internships. And I was like, okay, if I do a ton of internships, like this will just give me an opportunity to be in the best position I possibly can for whatever job I want to do. And I still wasn't sure what that was. So I had a, um, a girl in my sorority. She was an assistant to one of the HR folks at CAA. Oh, come on. Like, I truly, like, she was like, oh, I know you've done a lot of internships. Like, I'll pass your resume along. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, sure. So CAA was, like, not even on my mind. Like, I always thought being an agent was... Uh, you know, you like the Jerry Maguire mm -hmm. types and yeah. the entourage types, right? Like I just, it didn't feel like me. Um, so uh, I never had CA on my radar um, and like took an interview and then I started in the mail room there. Like truly pushing cart, like that, pushing mail, wait, that's doing like, like the dirty work. That sounds like a good rom-com star. Like, <laughs> um, no, I like did not. She worked in the mail room, <laughs> worked her way up to CEO. <laughs> maybe... <laughs> Maybe that is a real story for other people at CAA. Uh, it was not for me. <laughs> Very far from it. Uh, I would not say that there was, um, yeah, I was like 21, 22, like starting in the mailroom. I can't say that there was a ton of like budding <laughs> romance for me at that time. Um, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> but I feel like you brought up a good point too. Like I feel like a, like a lot of times like in college and stuff, like there is the, there's like the group of people who are doing millions of internships trying to like find something that lands but then there's the other group where it's like you're working and stuff so you can't really get as many internships so it's like if you don't use the opportunities like a lot of schools do the networking day like I know like my alma mater did that like the networking day where like they bring like South by would come and stuff mm -hmm. to meet and network so it's like if you don't get those internships you have to really utilize those opportunities that when people come to your school to really get it totally and that's where like I didn't I kind of did it accidentally like I wasn't actually like I didn't think I was going to go to UCLA um but being in kind of a larger city where a lot of these entertainment things were based like uh, provided me more of those opportunities to be in front of those people from like the entertainment realm right which afforded me more of those opportunities like uh, I <laughs> I know that like we did it but like I do not envy a lot of like younger people sometimes going through that. It's a grind and like you really have to be shameless and put yourself out there in some ways and like that is just not my nature. Like it never has been my nature to be like go get her and let me just like be shameless and like in introduce myself <coughs> and do like my dad tells a story about me all the time like I won't even go and ask people for autographs on this <laughs> because I just was like how do you know it's them? And he's like that's Reggie Jackson. I know who that is. And I'd be like no, you know like there's I don't know. It's I, I, so I, I just envy, or I don't envy that situation, but what I will say is, like, I was never that person, and, like, being hardworking, being kind and considerate to the people around you, doing good work is going to take you far, right? Putting your head down sometimes is the right way to do things, and, like, I doubted that for a long time, and even at CAA, like... Imagine starting in a mailroom with all of these like young twenty somethings who are like, I'm getting coffee with this agent. And I'm like gonna go, you know, happy hour with this person. I was like, I don't know anyone, so I'm just gonna put my head down and like do the work. And like at the time I thought that I was like so far behind everyone else because of that. Mm -hmm. When in reality I wasn't. So like, I don't know. I, I do think that like putting yourself in situations to be in front of those people is incredibly important. Um but also like trusting the process a little bit that if you do, if you put your head down and do the work, it may not feel like you're going to be rewarded for it at the time. But like, I look back and I'm like, wow, that like actually suited me and like paid off for me. So yeah. No, it's crazy. Cause I'm thinking back to when I did it, like I was working, I was doing 
a full like 19 hours like for school which is like full load mm-hmm. um i was trying to break into the entertainment industry here in the austin area so like i was volunteering at like south by yeah. um the austin film fest like all during school and stuff and it's like literally had no sleep just like like that yes. lady got me it's like no sleep bus yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was insane and people are like what are you doing and it's like if you i i'm not getting internships in the summer like i would apply and never get them it's like so i got to utilize like the festivals and stuff that i have here like it was insane and i feel like now it seems like it's easier like i don't know like i feel like it kind of i don't know i feel like what social media kind of is yeah it, it, it is easier i would also say like the path to internship felt very narrow and only for a specific group of people. Um, like, I will be the first person to say that, like, I had I had a lot of help from my parents who were in the entertainment industry who were able to get me those internships, right? And, like, maybe they didn't get me into CAA, but, like, I had a resume that helped me get into CAA mm-hmm. because of them, right? Like, I will be the first person to admit that. So, um, yeah, it is, like, it, I think today's day and age, I think there is a very, very big awareness around the entertainment industry and how traditionally it has been gatekept for a certain type of person and that if you don't expand who those people are that have that opportunity, then you're going to run into the issue that I think a lot of these entertainment companies are like, oh, our entire leadership is just like white men. Oh, how do we change that? It's like, well, Mm -hmm. you got to start... opening those opportunities to a wider set of people, wider socioeconomic background, more diverse, right, to, like, get that. So um, I think that is also a reason why things are changing, for better or for worse sometimes. I think that, like, Mm -hmm. that conversation can be hard, and I think sometimes companies don't always hit the messaging right on how they go about that. (laughs) But I do think the intention is right, and I think we'll see that continue to grow and offer more opportunities to people, especially in entertainment, like, down the line. Yeah, I feel like now we're definitely seeing, like, more more diversity in the industry where a lot of times, like, back, like, years ago, like, it was so gatekept, like you said, and it's, like, so, like, a lot of, like, diverse groups were, like, you know what, like, we'll just make our own stuff, and it was getting, they're, like, oh, so it will sell, okay, come over here now, and it's, like, bro, what? Yeah. Like, we've been, we've been here, like, we didn't just, like, show up today, like, that no, yeah. like we've been here, and it's like you said, you have to like open and widen it. And I feel like they're now seeing that quote unquote it sells, and that people want to see stuff like everywhere, everything yep. everywhere all at once, and yep. like yep. movies like Black Panther and stuff. They're like, oh, people will go and see it. Okay, let's get those writers in there. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. it has to start a lot sooner, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm hope I, I really do believe there's going to be more opportunities to like rise. That I know, like you know, that was like something that was important to me, like at CAA, right? Like I was one of the very few like Asian women in a lot of the spaces that I was operating in there. So like making sure that there were opportunities for me to like be involved in helping like that was really important to me. So, yeah. And it's like, I can't, the gatekeeping and all that's like a whole rabbit trail. I could go on for yeah, like, this is not called our old gatekeeping. Yeah. This is called young and Hello, <laughs> But fast forward to today, yeah. tell us like what you're currently doing, like your, what your company is now. Yeah. So, um, at CIA, I'd end up, like, working in the baseball department, and then I made my way up to, like, uh, an agent in the marketing field and was helping players with off-field stuff, one of those things being gaming. And when the pandemic hit, gaming obviously was very, very important and big to a lot of um, just probably the world culturally because it was all done digitally, but also to our clients and our players who all of a sudden had um, 
nowhere to be and nothing to do. So they were trying to do Twitch streams and I was helping them with that. And that was kind of the space I owned for our players. And I kind of took a peek behind the curtain and was like, oh, like this is a really interesting industry. So um, I ended up, so I'm currently at a company called Loaded. So Loaded is traditionally, and its foundations are being a talent management company for gaming talent. Um, one of the you know best in the business, really well respected in the industry. Loaded is kind of seen as like the pinnacle of like what gaming management can be. Um, so it's been around for a few years doing that, but they've you know been diversifying what their business units look like. So almost two years ago. Um, I had a friend who worked at Loaded who I was playing a lot of Fortnite with at the time, <laughs> truly. And, you know, I would hear about his new job and I'm like, that's so cool. And then he calls me one day and it's like, they're kind of looking for people with a more traditional entertainment background to join. Would you be interested? So um, one of the business units that was being built was our brand advisory business, right? So if you think about just like a traditional talent management firm, um, there's so much endemic knowledge about how creators engage and what brands are trying to activate them that, you know, to my boss's credit, his name's Kyle DeWitt, he's our chief strategy officer, um, found a really, really amazing opportunity um, to fill white space in the market. Brands were realizing they need to reach Gen Z. They're realizing that all of Gen Z is gaming. So like they're trying to figure out gaming. They don't know how. Here is Loaded, who has a ton of knowledge about gaming. How could we weaponize that information to help brands figure out gaming. So I was brought on to lead our brand advisory business, which has been um, an amazing opportunity. I still like kind of laugh because I'm like, how was me a former like baseball marketing agent <laughs> now being told to like handle all of these brands and gaming in an industry I hadn't really been in before. Um, but yeah, so we basically help build and execute gaming strategies uh, on behalf of brands. So some of the brands you work with are like uh, Gillette. I had mentioned Journeys before, Spotify. We've done work with McLaren, who I was just uh, here with on Sunday, and NASCAR. We've done work with a handful of brands. So, you know, our thesis is like, if you are going to have a Gen Z strategy, you need a gaming strategy. Mm -hmm. Like the two really are synonymous. Um, and we use a lot of like data and insights to build strategies for brands. And it's been like a hell of a ride and it's so fun. And I actually really enjoy what I do. And I feel like so lucky that I was able to like switch industries and fall into something that has been like every day. I'm so grateful that I am a part of this like job and company and all of that stuff. That's so cool. I feel like you go to work basically and you're not even like quote unquote working. It's like if you do the stuff you love, you're not really working. I would say that. And then also just having a like a good company culture like it sounds like I'm probably like trying to like talk really good about my company and <laughs> this is going to live on but I genuinely mean it like our the culture is amazing you have a bunch <clears> of really <throat> smart people that don't have a ton of ego um that like have this mission who you know you get your work done when you get your work done you take the vacation when you need to and like there's a culture around that which like your longevity in a career or in a job is much longer when you have those things so like again I could Sounds like I'm like lying and trying to like talk well about the like company. there she goes just trying to pump up that company to yeah. get that bonus next month. Yeah, right? Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I genuinely mean it. It's been amazing. Um, and kind of rewinding back, you said you guys do like talent management um, at the court. So for people who are listening who are like gamers and stuff, like is there like a process that you guys do to? discover new talent or how does that process come about? That's a great question because I do not sit in the talent department. I really do not want to be offering up any sort of information <laughs> uh, as to how to do it. Um, but um, I think like streaming consistently 
having a unique point of view, offering something um, to the gaming community that may not be run of the mill, right? Those are all things, at least like when I am a brand, a lot of what I am doing on a brand's behalf is trying to seek out talent to work with for talent partnerships. Um, but yeah, I will say that. <laughs> I don't want to like sign up. I'm like, reach out to so-and-so at loaded.gg if you are looking for representation. Everybody like emails it like, hey, yeah. so this girl I heard on the podcast. Yeah, that's and... a real good way to get fired. No, I'm just <laughs> But from a brand standpoint, that's so true. And I feel like nowadays we're seeing so many cool like brand alignments like the like uh, I think it was it Fortnite or Roblox that did the, was doing all the concerts oh, yeah. and um, it's huge all the different ones. So like, is there like a process or a deck whenever brands approach you? Well, they're like, hey, we want to work in the gaming space and do X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. is there like a strategy thing where you, before you even get to the table where you're like, we need X, Y, and Z? Oh yeah, you are <laughs> you are touching on a big thing here. So yeah, we it, it, the types of brands that come to us like our biggest thing is that like our, our, the best way we like to engage with brands like we want a business problem to like solve and we want like a goal to go after and from there we can construct a gaming strategy there are some brands who like candidly see on linkedin everyone doing something in roblox and like we need to be in the metaverse and we got to be in roblox and we're like okay let's like take a step back for a second like what's the business goal you're trying to solve and then we can craft a gaming strategy from there and i say our very very first step again i mentioned data being and analytics being a very very important part of what we do we understand who the brand's target consumer is and then understand how that gamer behaves, right? Like, I think people often see gaming as this very homogenous thing. The, um, your idea of a gamer may be a little archaic and, like, maybe the lazy white guy who's playing, like, <laughs> on a console and is lazy, right? And that's just not what gaming is anymore. Like, you can be a gamer in so many different capacities, right? So, like, looking at a target, your target consumer, are they, like, a little bit older? Do they play League of Legends? Do they mostly play on PC versus console? Because that's a much different gamer mm-hmm. than the gamer who is younger, who sees all their friends gaming, and like they all pay attention to like Dream and Carl Jacobs and Minecraft because that is what's in, right? Like, are they just wearing their creator merch because they want people to know that they're a part of this larger gaming community, mm-hmm. even if they themselves are not like at home all day on their controllers, right? So like that is like first and foremost step number one is like how does your target consumer game and what do they look like and then from there it's much easier to piece around which creators to work with should you uh what what platforms are they consuming gaming content on because there may just be this assumption that like if you're a brand and you want to reach gamers the only way to do that is through twitch Mm -hmm. when in reality like gaming content is consumed across all platforms so instagram tiktok youtube Twitch, like all of the social media platforms are pumping out gaming content in some way. So like, where is your target consumer like consuming gaming content, Mm -hmm. right? And so from there, that's when we're like, also does your target, you know, um, consumer like, are they playing Roblox? Are they playing Fortnite? Because that, if they are, then it makes a ton of sense to be creating some sort of quote unquote metaverse strategy or getting the game strategy in one of those universes. But if your target consumer isn't there, it may not be a great investment to be there. And there are very few sandboxes these days, whether, you know, there's Fortnite Creative and you have um, Roblox, Minecraft, like a little bit. They're a little more delicate about how brands can engage. But that's not like a ton of places for brands to show up in a game. I think that'll expand over the next few years. A lot of different publishers and developers are like, oh, we should probably create more sandboxes for people. But that's my very long-winded answer of like, yeah, you will have a person that's like, it's happened before. The president of a company is like, 
we got to be in the metaverse. Can you do that for us? And it's like, well, let's like take a step back and understand how that actually helps achieve your business goals at the end of the day. And is there a right sandbox for you to play in? So like all of it kind of like, it's very easy to just always point back to like what the data is telling us and what your goals are and who your target consumer is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Because I feel like a lot of times brands, are, like you said, they're like, metaverse, like, let's do it, let's get in there. And then they're like, you're, then you, people are like, you guys are like, okay, like, who's your target? And they're like, Metaverse, get in there. Yeah, I would honestly, like, a lot of how we operate with brands is there's usually, like, uh, usually, like, someone there really gets it. Our point of contact is, like, I understand it. Now I really just need to get the rest of my company aboard and, like, understand the opportunity in gaming. Like, can you help us? So, like, a lot of our work is educational, right? And, like, educating people on the gaming industry, where the opportunity lies, like, all of that good stuff. So, you're right. Like, some um, some of those conversations are easier than others. But, you know, ultimately, when you get the data around it, right, like, what some of the viewership is around Twitch, or just, like, even being able to explain, like, how different a relationship that a, per, uh, you know, a younger person has with, like, a gaming creator that live streams all the time versus an athlete like LeBron James, right? Like, dissecting those things is like, oh, let me, like, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. So I, I usually, like the data really helps us break that down. And like looking at it from more of like the event, like in-person type space, are there any like in-person live connection stuff that you guys do? Yeah. So we, we have helped, our company has helped um, produce those events for sure. And I would say that's a huge trend that I'm seeing happening in the gaming community. Probably like everyone is a response to like the world opening back up after a pandemic. Um, but you're seeing a lot of these, Creators do creator-led events and do, like, ticketed events and then live stream it, right? You just had Cutie Cinderella, who is a client of Loaded's, do the streamer awards, which is her, she produces her own award show for everyone. It includes all of these streamers, and it's live, and it's ticketed, and, like, it's kind of like the pinnacle of what a live event is. And then you have someone like Ludwig, who did, like, a ticketed chess boxing event, which, like, is these, these moments and these creator-led events become, like, hugely important important and then even you go to Spain and like these huge events are happening with like millions of viewers because that's just like what people are excited for and that's what gets people going so like I think the live event space in gaming while it there's already been a trend I think it's going to massively increase because there is clearly such an audience and a market for it so I'm really excited to see where all that goes no especially like when you said that I was thinking of like how we were talking earlier like TwitchCon and all these others and I feel like now brands and stuff are like okay wow there actually is 
a demand for it. Cause I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, that's just online. Like it's an afterthought. It's not really a priority type yeah. thing. But we're seeing now that in these spaces and through these events, like through the pandemic, even when we couldn't meet in person, that people do want to stream and they still do want to connect in that way. Oh, yeah. And I think that is a little bit of a misconception, right? That like um, gaming and it's all digital, right? And that you would only... Um, you know, there's no in-person space where a younger generation wants to behave. But, like, uh, we always say this to all of our brands and anyone we work with. Like, if you're trying to understand the space, like, one day at the convention center in the expo halls of TwitchCon, you're going to see it. It's, like, the ultimate fan fest. Even for me, like, being able to be there, I'm like, oh, this is why I'm here. I mean, you can see creators that, like, are, you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things, not the most watched people on Twitch, but have such a dedicated audience that they'll have a two-hour line for their meet and greets, right? It's astounding. You have, you know, I saw people cry right after they <laughs> met, you know, like, and to talk about, like, the level of relationship that, like, okay, the analogy that we love to make is, um, you know, uh, Twitch streamers, like, stream, like, eight hours a day or live streamers on YouTube as well, stream, like, eight hours a day, um, like, that audience knows them intimately, right? Um, it's like if LeBron James had camera and like on him during games and then was like answering to chat and questions while playing in a game, right? Like in, in every single game, right? That's a level of like intimacy that these, the audiences have with their communities, right? That's why like this community of like these gaming fans and fans who are of these creators are just like, really passionate because you feel like you know them mm -hmm. in a way that like is really intimate right I think there's like especially like Gen Z there's a fatigue of like the polishedness of an Instagram or like what certain brands or creators are offering you and so like the streaming and the way like live stream works and the mechanism that's most I think special about Twitch and YouTube live streaming is like two-way communication mm -hmm. right so now like you're feeling like you're participating in the content that your creator is putting out there you don't really have that opportunity with a lot of musicians traditionally or athletes, right? So like, that's the kind of fan that you have at these fan fests of hundreds of thousands of young people and older people too. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, I, I tend to just like talk about Gen Z a lot since that's a big focus for a lot of our brands, but like it's inspiring. It's amazing. It's crazy. Cause that's so true. Cause I know like at VidCon, like when I went last year and I was able to see a lot of my favorite creators and stuff, it's like, yo, these are people like on TikTok who we watch who will do like the live streams and stuff. And you're like, how's your day? What's up for breakfast? And then it's like in that moment, they're like, I'm good. How are you? And then that like makes somebody's whole day and oh, like yeah. guilty. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, same. <laughs> I be in the chat sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, what'd you have for breakfast? Is that real oatmeal? Yeah. No, seriously. Like just, there's a level of access there that I think is so unique. Um, that like really we try to educate a lot of the brands that we work with and their stakeholders and like this is why this is like a really special and powerful audience to capitalize on but it has to be the right audience right mm -hmm. like it has to be the the right type of creator who does the right types of things otherwise it feels inauthentic right and i feel like from like the brand standpoint like when you're talking to them and they're saying like we want to reach gen z we want to reach millennials do you see them because there's so many social platforms now like, do you see them prioritizing, like, say, TikTok over Instagram or Facebook or kind of whenever you guys are having those discussions, like, what's kind of the initial yeah. platforms in the deck? Yeah, it, 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 there's a whole slew of things. I think you have, like, your regulars, and I think, um, you know, some brands have, like, a paid strategy on a certain platform, right? So it's important for them to find creators that are good on this platform. Um, but really often we'll have them say to us, like, you tell us what are the best, you know, platforms to activate on because, like... Um, 
we'll have uh, brands come to us saying like we need, really need to promote this thing, and we're like, okay, like what's what does success look like for this campaign? Mm-hmm. Is it the number of people who watched the stream, or is it the number of people who have clicked the link? to this claim or this offer or to this website and that's your measure of success, right? And that gives us a pretty good idea of like what type of platform we should activate on, right? If it's a click-through, oh, Twitter's really, really good for click-through, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it's just really like awareness and we're trying to reach wide, large audiences, okay, like work with the biggest creators we can possibly find and activate them on the platform so their audience is the largest, right? So, um, it, it is nice. Like a, a lot of our clients do come to us and they're like, you tell us what's best based on our problems. And like, I, not our problems, our goals, I should say, <laughs> um, which are hopefully solving problems. Um, yeah. Or like, I can't say enough about our analytics team who like can sit with me on a brand, on a brand call, understand what the needs are. And then basically like understand how to spit out data to accommodate for all those needs and then get creators that we need. It's like, and then when you do all that qualifying on the front end, the likelihood that they're going to perform well in the campaign becomes much higher, and then you get that buy-in from larger people to invest in these creators, right? It's kind of this amazing cycle that we've seen happen time and time again with our brands that I'm just, like, so proud of. Like, it just, I don't know. Again, like, I came to this over <laughs> two, like, you know, a little under two years ago, like, never having done the thing, and I really had to, like, you know, work to build this up, and I'm, like, so proud of our entire company and team that has, like, worked to, like, do this it's amazing and i feel like that's something that we're now starting to see a lot of brands do where they're like you know we're gonna trust our client or who we help to do it versus like i feel like in the past we would all be like all right it has to be like this or what a one size fits all but it's like now we're now seeing more brands like trust their social teams trust their brand partnership teams to be like you guys do this every day we don't but we're gonna trust that you can get this content or this whatever in front of the right eyes or whatever and which i think is cool and everybody's just like no we're just trying to figure it out but like some stuff will stick and some stuff won't. Yeah, I would liken that just like honestly, why I took uh, did such a big industry switch to gaming is because like a lot of those processes and a lot of the things like haven't really been filled. Like it's changing every single day, so it's a lot of white space to own. Uh, you know, our leadership like wants the people who are in the trenches and trust like younger people to take it over, build the process, handle all of that stuff. So like. Um, Absolutely. Like, I, I think that, again, brands are finally catching mm-hmm. on, right? I think you see, like, Duolingo on TikTok, uh, and every brand's like, Dooley. oh, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, their social media intern's her favorite person. You know what I mean? Like, those types of things. Not to say that she was a social media intern. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. No, that's so true. Like, because I, I, it's so funny. I was talking to Duolingo. I had them prior, and I've had a few others, and everybody's like, oh, their social strategy must be, like, down to the science and I'd ask them and they're like oh we just try stuff and if it sticks it sticks if it doesn't it doesn't versus like a lot of times like back like years ago we would all be like okay like this is the format that works like we have this piece of content we're just going to copy and paste it on Facebook Instagram Twitter whatever and it's like you can't you just have to try stuff and if it works it doesn't mm-hmm. like if it, if it does cool like keep going 100% yeah and to wrap up our discussion um, what advice do you have for somebody that's like Nadia you're cool love that for you <laughs> like but I don't know. I'm trying to get an internship. It's almost summer. Like, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to break into, like, doing what you're doing? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think, like, I've held myself back in a lot of ways. But every (laughs) moment that I've reached out to the person, like, they send me the asking for the email, following up. Like, it has always worked well, right? There's a really fine balance between, like, being pushy and too much (laughs) versus sticking out. Um, and I would say that, like, 
the types of people that have always stuck out to me are people who are just incredibly like genuine, clearly have an interest, are willing to like work hard, are willing to like get their hands dirty if they need to. I mean, look, like we work, I currently work at like a, a company is only a few years old. We're growing. There are so many different hats you have to wear, no matter how successful you've been in previous careers. So like any way that you can show that off and like willingness to do anything, like to me, I'm always like you, you, they can learn the rest. Um, so yeah, that's really shitty advice, but <laughs> it's not so articulate, but those are the types of people that like, I always love to like give a chance to, and, and like, maybe selfishly I see some of that in my like self when I was younger, where I was just like so willing and happy to do anything. Um, that like, there's something really like touching about someone that is willing to like make sacrifices to make those things happen. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, like people are like, "Oh, I want to like, oh, they're doing this and doing that, and that's so cool." And but and they're like, "Oh, but like, how do you how late do you have to do that? Like, oh, you have to do that so early." And it's like a lot of times people see that they're like, "Oh, that's so cool," but they don't want to put in the work. And it's like you're gonna die, <laughs> and you just have to put do it. You work. just have to do the work. Like, are you doing n- some Kim K? I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, Sponsored by Sky Partners. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, the one thing I also wanted to mention, um, I, I forgot, like, I, I know we spoke about, like, spoke about Loaded generally, um, but we have rebranded kind of what my division does and what our production capabilities are, and we're called Open World. So um, I just thought that was important to mention because we are kind of trying to distinguish ourselves from our talent business because now um, I have to reach out to a ton of other talent managers all the time. So being able to work to be intentional about like who we are in the marketplace does help so that like I'm like hey like I'm your competitor wanting to talk to your talent it's like no 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 I'm now open world I'm a separate <laughs> side of the business I work with brands so I wanted to make sure I touched on that before we wrapped up because I definitely just didn't mention that when I was supposed to <laughs> <laughs> come on I'll get and now we're gonna open up for Q&A so if you all have questions I don't know if we have a mic but we have a mic so if you have a question <laughs> raise your hand don't be shy we are friendly um, I'm so sorry to come like halfway through the session. Ooh, I don't know if we can answer your <laughs> question now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm um, totally kidding. I just wanted to get a little bit more of a background on like where, um, so you work with Open World. Is that the company's name? Yeah, so the, the larger company is Loaded, which is traditionally a gaming management company. And I work on like the brand consultancy side. We basically say any way a brand works with, um, uh, brand, uh, any way a brand can work with us that isn't like related to the talent we represent goes to open world. So like we do our brand advisory business and we also have like a production arm and a creative studio arm that we work in tandem with to help, you know, create branded content for brands and all of that good stuff. And did you always want to go into gaming? So um, I would say I usually really wanted to like work in sports or entertainment in some capacity I can't say I had gaming on my bingo card, like, even five years ago. Um, But I ended up, like, falling into and helping some of our gaming, or sorry, my baseball clients back in the day with gaming ventures, which kind of, like, showed me, and again, baseball and sports is amazing, but baseball's been, like, you know, um, has been the same for a lot of years, right? And I loved the sport, grew up a huge baseball fan, but was like, oh, this is a space where, like, I can grow with, I can innovate with, and feel like I'm changing or being a part of like this big wave and this big industry. So um, that is what ultimately made me make the switch. And I will tell you, like, I had a handful of people who were like, 
very confused as to why I would leave CAA and being like, you know, working with baseball players to work in gaming. I think a lot of people really didn't understand it. Um, but I didn't, I knew my longer term vision. I like have never regretted it for a single day. It has been an amazing experience. And like, I'm really excited to continue working in this industry. It's a lot of fun. Hi, thank you. I just had a question. How do you see music as a tool in gaming and through brand marketing? Oh yeah. So um, I mentioned that we do work with Spotify. Um, there are so many different platforms that are looking to even put on concerts in metaverses. I know Wave is a company that's doing that. It's huge. I would say like the crossover between like gaming culture and um, uh, music culture, like there's a ton of overlap in the way their communities behave. I think we're seeing like Discord, which has traditionally been a platform where gamers um, and their communities gather. Uh, you're seeing a lot of musicians take advantage of that, right? Um, you see, I mean, Riot, I mean, Porter Robinson created songs for League of Legends. Lil Nas X has a partnership with Riot and League of Legends, right? Like, I think the opportunities are endless. Um, I would say, you know, we're, um, yeah, uh, I, we're really excited about what that crossover looks like. So I also think there's a lot of like musicians who are really good gamers, right? I think Zed is one of them. Um, so I think like how you top, tap into that crossover opportunity is going to be really fruitful for a lot of brands and definitely something that we want to help our brands with as well. All right. Any other takers going once, going twice? All righty. Well, Nadia, thank you for coming. Thank to you. Daddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks so much. So good to have you. Thank Yay. you. We did it! <laughs> wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.